This is Vermont Credit Unions On Air, a service of the Association of Vermont Credit Unions, and I'm Joe Bergeron, President of the Association. With me is Sean Hayes, President and Chief Executive Officer of Ticonderoga Federal Credit Union based in Ticonderoga, New York. Sean's credit union recently modified and expanded its field of membership, now including residents of Addison County in Vermont. With that expansion comes a name change for his credit union as well. And his credit union is also the most recent to become an associate member of our Association of Vermont Credit Unions. So we thought it timely and appropriate to share some insights about Ticonderoga Federal and Sean Hayes with our listeners. Thanks for joining us today, Sean. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Joe. I'm very excited to have this opportunity. Well, it's it's good to meet you. I know you and I haven't met in person. We're doing this remotely, but uh, it's it's really nice that uh, we're going to learn about Ticonderoga and about you today. So uh, how about just starting right at the beginning and how did you become involved with credit and land and get to where you are with Ticonderoga today? Well, you know, I, I started in banking, actually, if I could use that word in this uh, venue. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, I was a teller long ago for a savings and loan organization uh, near Albany, New York. And uh, my wife and I moved back to the area and actually moved to Vermont. We were in Vermont for about 11 years, and I was affiliated with the Howard Bank in downtown Burlington for many years. Um, the Howard went through a merger, became Bank North Group, and that has since changed right. again. But, um, you know, I, I have some experience in banking, did some other things in my life. I was an internal auditor, uh, was in higher ed working for UVM, uh, did some work for the town of Middlebury, municipal government. And uh, and then this credit union, Ticonderoga Federal, back in 2000, um, had an advertisement for a chief financial officer. And so I applied and, um, and uh, that's what started me on the path here at TFCU. Uh, I did that for about 11 years and um, our uh, CEO at the time uh, was retiring and the board looked internally and uh, asked me if I wanted to fill the role and I accepted. Um, and uh, that's where we're at today. Well, it sounds like you have a lot of uh, Vermont roots that I wasn't aware of. It's cool. Well, yeah, my, my dad actually uh, grew up in the Fairhaven area and had you know 10 brothers and sisters. And um, my ancestors came over from Ireland and landed in the Castleton area. And um, uh, so, yeah, we spent about 11 or 12 years there. Wow. Small world. How about telling us something about Ticonderoga Federal itself? Sure. Uh, TFCU was uh, chartered back in 1954, and as many credit unions uh, are originally, um, was organized as a SEG group for international paper in this case. Uh, so we started out as the IPCO Federal Credit Union. And um, in the 70s, 1978, it, to be exact, the board uh, had several conversations about uh, trying to enlarge its tent, so to speak. I think it realized the value of changing from um, you know, a seg-based organization to a community charter, uh, number one, to uh, you know, make its services available to many more people, but also to try to ensure that the credit union was going to be financially viable uh, long into the future. And so we've been Ticonderoga Federal Credit Union since 1978. So the credit union was originally an uh, employer group, so like a lot of credit unions in those days, mm-hmm. uh, probably on-site in the, in the factory facility or whatever it was and uh, dealing with the members that were right there who went down during their lunch break and so on and so forth uh, until, uh, as you referenced, expanded the field of membership to become more community-based. Sure. We, we had yeah. a small office in downtown, downtown Ticonderoga, and um, uh, we moved to our present location also in the 70s uh, here uh, on Route 9, just outside of town, and um, have uh, we had a community charter change uh, back in the 70s, and 
um, that really opened the door up to serve uh, many more people. We've actually had several community, uh, several charter changes uh, between you know our original inception in 1978 wow. when the name was changed. You mentioned name change, and that reminds me that uh, I think you've said before, not in this conversation, but maybe it was by email or something, that you have another name change coming up too. Yes, we do. You know, um, also in keeping with uh, previous boards and their reasoning, um, our board over a year ago began to look at whether or not the name Ticonderoga um, m might be limiting to folks who don't know us yet, uh, or folks who are actually in our or were in at that time our existing field of membership, who thought for whatever reason that they couldn't become a member of the credit union. Uh, uh, we have, you know, strong ties to the name Ticonderoga, and we thought. Uh, very long and hard about whether we should change it. And so we partnered with an organization over here on this side of the lake, out of Lake Placid, uh, at Workshop, now Workshop. And they uh, assisted us with a lot of analysis um, that included um, you know, looking at ourselves, looking at our history, our core values, who we think we are, who our members think we are. We actually did some surveys of members and potential members. And we did find that there were many people who thought that because they weren't affiliated somehow still with the uh, local paper mill or uh, some something to do with Ticonderoga, that they couldn't become members of the credit union. So um, we decided that uh, for the same reasons they did back in 1978, that we needed to enlarge the tent, uh, find a name that was uh, more welcoming, uh, more inclusive, and a name that uh, we thought that would take us in the next uh, 50 or so years. Um, and uh, Trail North is what the board settled on. And uh, we're very excited about this change. Uh, well, it sounds like a great name and uh, more uh, more fitting for, uh, you know, your credit union's expanded field of membership. And, and so how did you, you're expanding, you have expanded, or the field of membership anyway, uh, into Vermont. So was there any... Uh, you know, science or special thought behind that? Or was it just kind of a natural progression of the next next county over from where you already were? We did conduct a study it took a couple of years ago, actually, with an organization looking at, um, you know, where are our members coming from now? Um, are, is there data out there that, that suggests how far people have come to do shopping in Ticonderoga? And um, so part of it was analysis and some of it was also a natural progression. We do have a lot of people in Addison County who um, come over here to shop. And uh, a lot of people from Ticonderoga go to Addison County for various reasons. And so it seemed like a natural step for us to reach out and offer our services to folks uh, in that county as well. Great. So I don't think we've touched on yet some uh, some of the specifics about your credit union, like you know, uh, asset size and number of members and those kinds of things. We're at currently at about 113 million in assets, um, just under 9,800 members um, across the country. Uh, we currently have three physical locations here in Ticonderoga, our home office, if you will. Our Port Henry, New York, and Elizabethtown, New York, the county seat, um, are also branches for us. We're also, I guess you could say, we have about 5,600 uh, branches across the country because we participate in the shared branching network. And so that has All been right. very, very good for our members who travel or, or have moved away and want to retain their relationship with us. Uh, we're also part of the surcharge free ATM network. Uh, we're completely accessible electronically from the point of account opening, account funding, you know, loan application, uh, electronic signature, re remote deposit capture. Uh, we, we, we feel that um, for those folks that don't have access to a branch uh, locally or one that's convenient, that uh, we're very accessible electronically for those who want to access us in that way. That's great. I know shared branching that you mentioned seems like a, 
I wouldn't say the best kept secret. I've been around long enough to know that credit unions used to be referred to as, you know, the best kept secret in financial services when they were in the days, well, like when Ticonderoga started, when it was back in a factory based location and whatnot. But, um, you know, shared branching, as far as I know, anyway, is unique to credit unions. Uh, and it's a real convenience for those people who have access to it and are able to utilize it. So it's great that your credit union participates in that and your members have access to it. Oh, we're so happy to be part of that program. You know, the, the Great Recession did a lot of different things to a lot of institutions, and we were not immune to that. And so we had to make a lot of hard decisions, not the least of which was how can we best deliver, you know, how can we best use our members' resources to return service to them or services to them? And, um, you know, it's not always uh, about a branch. Um, that's not to say we won't ever uh, build new branches, but uh, we're finding that people really want to receive their services electronically. And so being able to ha you know, offer shared branching uh, as part of that that um, quiver of, of tools, if you will, is really encouraging to us. And we have members who use it. Um, we just recently had a member move from Ticonderoga and um, they had a closing on a house in Virginia and uh, she provided a testimonial for us and said that um, luckily they had a shared branch network uh, uh, location right near their house and they were able to go there, uh, get the funds they needed to uh, get their closing done on time. And so they were very grateful that uh, we had you know, embarked uh, down that share branching road. So it's really working out well for us and our members. That's awesome. So, yeah, you mentioned about uh, members, consumers in general, you know, wanting access to a lot of, uh, you know, tech-based financial services or, or access to their money through uh, new modern uh, uh, means of access and whatnot. And so that, you know, makes me want to ask how how challenging has it been for, for you and your credit union, do you think, or for credit unions in general, uh, to strike that balance between, you know, consumers wanting all the modern conveniences, but at the same time as credit unions, we tout ourselves as, uh, you know, being more personable with members and, uh, you know, attention to detail and, you know, having that connection uh, with the member owners. You know, that's a great question. It's something that we've been analyzing ourselves for a couple of years when we were going through the process of, or just beginning the process of answering the question, should we change our name? We had to ask ourselves some hard questions. Or who are we? And, and more importantly, who do the members think we are? Uh, what are the member expectations of us? And are we meeting them? And are we meeting them the way that they want us to and so forth? And so um, it's a fine line, I think, between uh, or trying to figure out the best way to serve members because there isn't a one size fits all. We still have members who want to walk in and, and have that, that experience. And that's what's going on in the industry today. I think whether it's banking or credit unions is what's that member experience all about? You know, we, we as, as credit unions in particular uh, uh, have to find a way to uh, differentiate ourselves amongst the competition because when it gets right down to it, you know, we're all offering the same products and services in the same, through the same channels in the same ways. What is it about us, credit unions, that sets us apart from the bank down the street? And uh, for us, and I think you just hit it, I think generally we all believe that it's the service. It's not necessarily the services we deliver, it's how we deliver them. And uh, so we're, we're trying to walk that line. We're trying to meet the needs of the people that want to uh, receive their services electronically. And we have a lot of them. We're also trying to meet the needs of those people that want to walk in and, and talk to a friendly person, somebody that know they know and somebody who knows them and, uh, and so forth. So it's, um, it, it, I won't say it's difficult. Uh, and as time goes by, um, it, it may be a bit more interesting. But uh, right now we're able to do both and, and uh, are fairly successful at it. 
changing times though, huh? For uh, financial service providers, I'm guessing that if you're like many credit unions, you have a growing, whatever the number is, a growing number of members uh, who probably uh, rarely, if ever, go into one of your three locations and maybe uh, a little less rarely, but still seldom talk to anybody on the phone. They're doing it all by, um, you know, on a computer or their phone or, you know, at an ATM machine. That's exactly it. And and as we watch our demographics change over time, you know, our, our member makeup um, and, and their it, it, it is going to be a bit more difficult, I think, as time goes by. But you're right. Um, there are people who are, are simply happy to use their phone, their tablet, and, and not talk to anybody unless they have a problem. <laughs> and, uh, and we're here for that, too. So it's, uh, yeah, well, it, you know, it's, it's a tough thing to be, uh, not necessarily tough, but it's just interesting. You, you need to sort of always be on uh, or tuned into what your members want, how they want it. Um, and, and, and to the extent you can respond to those needs and, and those changing forces. Some of it um, comes just naturally because the competition is doing it and um, you need to, you need to stay in step or fall behind. And uh, we certainly don't want to fall behind. So the keeping up with the Joneses kind of effect uh, on financial services. Sometimes, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, cause that can be an expensive thing to do too. Um, Absolutely. In uh, the 2008-2009 home mortgage meltdown experience and Great Recession and all that, um, you know, it's my recollection that uh, credit unions, just generally speaking, were the recipient of a lot of people that were jumping ship from, uh, you know, whatever banking relationship they might have had partly of their own accord and, and their own experiences, partly because of all the press that they were seeing. And it was a bad time to have the name bank in your name, I think, for a lot of institutions. Uh, but credits were the recipient of a lot of new business because of all of that. And so I'm wondering if your credit union experienced any of that as well. We sure did. You know, that was a tough time financially for us and a lot of other credit unions. So uh, we, we did suffer some losses there, but I, I'm, I'm happy to say, uh, along with probably many other credit unions, that uh, we didn't we didn't take any uh, money from the federal government from a bailout point of view. And, um, sure. But yeah, mm -hmm. we certainly saw a flight to safety here. And uh, even in the midst of our financial uh, situation back then, uh, which is now fully corrected, by the way, we did see people uh, putting their trust in us and, and credit unions in, in general. And uh, uh, and I think those people have stayed with us. Um, so yeah, we, we did see a, a big move, a flight to safety, and increase in our in our size because of that that time period. Uh, do you think that people, Sean, uh, including those that crossed over to your credit union at the time for flight to safety, like you said, uh, do you think that they uh, your members in general have uh, an awareness of the whole fact that they're part of a cooperative? Um, or is, are, are they really doing business with your credit union because of based solely on rates or proximity or convenience or something like that? You know, Joe, I, I think it's a mix. I think that we definitely have people who understand the difference between credit unions and banks and, and have made the conscious choice to support their local credit union and the governance style that it represents and uh, the fact that they can have active participation. I think they like the idea of, of giving back through 
um, lower rates on loans and higher rates on shares, lower fees, the idea that they can participate in the annual meeting process and governance and so forth. We also have folks that, you know, that, that don't, and they're perfectly happy with the idea that um, you offer a product or a service that I need. Um, and for whatever reason, I choose to do business with you. Um, so I think it's a mix for us. So, you know, we've both been around long enough to, to recall the day when, um, you know, credit unions were, uh, you know, thinking their competition was primarily uh, the bank down the street or the credit union in the next town or, you know, whatever it was. But it strikes me that today um, there's a growing uh, amount of competition for your members' business from what I call non-traditional financial service providers, uh, you know, be it, uh, you know, Amazon trying to get into banking services or, you know, Walmart and so on and so forth and all kinds of online uh, providers like that. Um, have, have you seen much of that with your members or heard much of that? And do you view it as, as much of a, of a, a threat of competition? You know, it certainly represents a threat to us. Um, we've had to consciously think and talk about how much do we want to focus on those kinds of threats. Mm -hmm. sure. um, it's 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 difficult. Just a few minutes ago, I said that you know, I, I, in my opinion, I think it's it's service to a large extent that sets us apart from you know other um, uh, other forms of financial services delivery. But to your point, if someone wants to get online and work with an Amazon or uh, an online lender, um, they're not talking to anybody. That's all. So, so in terms of service, that's a different model, right? How quickly does that computer, uh, you know, respond to my application and how quickly do I get my funding? Um, service looks a little different in that realm. So we have to actually and have ask ourselves, what is it that we deliver? How do we want to do it? Um, we're aware of the other sources and resources that consumers have available to them, but um, we we try not to spend a lot of time angsting over um, how much uh, those other resources might take away business for us. We try to focus on here's what we're doing. Here's how we think we are delivering these services. Um, here's how we think consumers want to deliver, uh, receive them. And are we doing it in the best way possible? And are our metrics changing? Are we seeing an increase in our loan volume? Are we seeing an increase in the, the products and services that we're delivering? Um, and, and when we look back at those metrics, uh, that's what helps us determine, obviously, is our philosophy, is our strategy working? And if it doesn't, we, we regroup and take a look. But Certainly competition is there. It's going to, you know, in a free market society, it's a very good thing, you know, whether it's competition between uh, credit unions or banks or, or other uh, larger entities or uh, forms of service delivery online and whatnot. Um, it, it, it's a good thing. It's for me, it's all about consumer choice. If we're putting ourselves out there in a manner that um, is attractive to folks, either that know us or don't know us and they choose to do business with us. Great. Um, I think competition is, is good. So uh, getting back to uh, the history of Sean Hayes for a second, uh, um, you know, going back to your banking days and the switch you made to credit unions, and I know there were some other roles in, in between there and whatnot, mm -hmm. but your time at uh, Howard Bank and so on and so forth, um, I, I know that, um, you know, your, your crossover into credit unions, like most people, probably was related to an opportunity um, but, uh, you know, after you had experienced credit unions for a while, um, you know, did you sense, uh, you know, the, the big philosophical difference or was there a philosophical difference for you between the for-profit financial service provider world and the not-for-profit 
uh, version of it? Or are, are there more similarities than there are differences? You know, I did notice a difference, Joe. When I worked at the Howard Bank, for example, or, or Bank North, um, when it was uh, called that at the time that I departed, um, you know, the people that I worked with inside the organization were great. And it was, you know, folks were very friendly and uh, a lot of sharing going on. But the, the big difference in my view, and I think you've probably found this yourself, is that um, when you're talking about ste stepping outside of that organization's bu bubble, so to speak, and just looking at the industry, um, to my knowledge, there really wasn't much sharing going on or collaboration going on uh, between different banks. But that's completely different in the credit union world. And uh, it's it's very it's different. It's refreshing. Um, it's a it's more of a family oriented uh, process, if I can uh, go down that road. Um, you know, if I have a problem and uh, I know that some other CEO out there has solved it. And so I have access to many people across the country, as you well know, who I can bounce ideas off and, uh, and maybe find a tool or a trick that I can employ in, in my own uh, job. So the, there was a di very distinct uh, difference. Uh, again, within the organization, great people. I just didn't see the kind of sharing between institutions mm -hmm. uh, in the banking world that you see in the credit union land. Sure. And, you know, speaking of competition between institutions and whatnot, um, you know, it, it occurs to me that, um, you know, in today's environment, running a credit union uh, like you do um, has a lot of challenges to it, um, both financial and, and regulatory compliance and a whole lot, a long list of challenges and whatnot. Um, but that looking to future survival of credit unions, that um, I think if you're a large credit union, whatever you, whatever your definition of large is, that you have hopefully some kind of economies of scale going for you. Maybe not Citibank type economies of scale, but um, in relation to you know credit unions as a whole. And if you're the smallest credit union, you know probably people are still doing business with you for a particular reason because you're in a particular niche or location, or historically they do business with you or whatnot. But that middle ground of credit unions. Uh, it seems, what I've noticed anyway, is there's uh, that middle ground of credit unions that I think your credit union is in the mix of, um, is where uh, most of the mergers over the years have taken place, um, and you know where there's a lot of uh, you know regulatory challenges and and as we referenced before, trying to keep up with the Joneses technology-wise and whatnot. Um, you know, do you think that that credit unions and your asset bracket and the whole middle range, whatever we all define as middle range, you know, are the most challenged as far as longevity compared to small and large, or is it no different for anybody? Well, uh, there, there are certainly maybe challenges. I mean, we, we've seen that ourselves, um, economies of scale and, and the challenges that that brings, um, you know, in, in particular, we, you know, three years ago, uh, were from a compliance point of view, uh, handling compliance in a way where each department head was responsible for compliance um, in his her own hair. And that was challenging because they had a whole list of responsibilities to, to do on their own anyway, uh, let alone be responsible for understanding compliance related to their area. So um, we went through a period uh, of time where we I evaluated our structure and um, made some changes from an administrative point of view took an existing employee and uh, spoke with her about becoming a, our compliance officer and um, and which you don't necessarily see a lot at, with credit unions at our size. So to your point about economies of scale, um, oftentimes 
economies of scale also to your point are difficult for Christians being able to afford to keep up with the bigger institutions. And so in this case, we found a way to take an existing employee, um, uh, keep her job, keep her fully employed, mm-hmm. uh, change directions for her, which she fully embraced and is really in tune Great. to, um, has been since been certified by three different organizations as a compliance specialist and really loves her work. Uh, we in turn now have a compliance officer that many, many people are able to rely on and push forward then in, in uh, their own jobs. And so it's difficult as you say, keeping up with the Joneses. But we, in this case, for example, we found a way to um, not increase our expenses, but uh, retain an employee and uh, get a very valuable position uh, for our credit union, which uh, is a huge help to us. Great creativity there and uh, a good resource for your credit union, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, compliance is a big challenge for everybody these days. Um, it seems like they're always something new or a new, uh, a new federal agency created uh, to provide some oversight. So <laughs> for sure, yes, it, for sure. it is challenging. Yes. I, I can't remember a day where, I, where we've had fewer federal agencies uh, instead of more. <laughs> um, what, what, we've covered a lot of ground, but is there anything else that uh, people ought to know about, uh, Ty, well, soon for a name change, but for today, Ticonderoga Federal and anything else we haven't touched on? I, I would just like to say to um, to you and, and to other Vermont credit unions that we're grateful for the opportunity to speak to you today first. Um, and, and thank you, Joe, for the work that you're doing on from, uh, behalf of Vermont credit unions. Um, we talked about competition. It's not our goal to um, you know step on the toes of any of our uh, sort of Vermont family of credit unions. Uh, we simply want to be in a position um, like them to uh, offer products and services for those sure. uh, members who uh, choose to do business with us. And so we're very excited to now be in, in Addison County and for me to sort of return in a way to Vermont. Um, so we're very excited and thank you for the opportunity to talk with you today. Well, welcome back to Vermont in a sense, Sean. Uh, <laughs> and thank it's you. great. Um, and I'm sure Vermont Credit Unions welcome uh, Ty Kondroga into the family of uh, credit union services here. What do people listening do if they want to know more about Ty Kondroga? Uh, they can visit our website, uh, tfcunow.com. Um, there are lots of information there. Uh, they can give me a call directly. I'd be happy to talk with folks. And um, if there's anything that they can't find on our website, tfcunow.com, um, uh, any one of our staff members could also help. Awesome. Uh, uh, a great discussion we've had. Uh, I really appreciate it. I do, too. Um, Thanks so much, Joe. Thank you, Sean. Uh, Thanks for spending this time with us. And I hope everyone has uh, enjoyed hearing a little bit more and learning about uh, Ticonderoga Federal, uh, soon to be Trail North. Do I have that right? You sure do. Thanks. So uh, again, thanks, Sean, for spending time with us. Uh, it's, It's been a pleasure. My pleasure, Joe. Thank you. With that, everyone, we've reached the end of another Vermont Credit Unions on Air podcast and hope you have found it interesting. You can hear all of our previously recorded podcasts by searching for Vermont Credit Unions on Air in the iTunes store or at soundcloud.com. If you've got ideas for a podcast on something you'd like to hear about, send it to podcast at vermontcreditunions.coop. Until our next podcast, this is Joe Bergeon and this is your cue, Sean Hayes. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. (laughs) At the Association of Vermont Credit Unions, thanking everyone for listening.